Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Bird. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter number 6. And uh, we've been looking at this uh, passage here, whole book of Ephesians, and we're starting to wrap this up. And Paul has uh, given us all of this truth here of who we are in Christ, how we're actually supposed to live that out, uh, chapters 4 through 6. And now we come to this, uh, this portion of scripture about the armor of God. And if we really are going to be living for Christ, if we're actually going to be living out these truths, uh, you are going to face tremendous persecution. Uh, you are going to face a lot of attacks from Satan. And it is a reality uh, that is uh, really going to be happening. And so today we're going to look at this second piece of armor. Last week we looked at the uh, truth, but we're going to look at the second piece of armor here in Ephesians 6. And uh, remember why we need his armor, why we need his strength. Um, It's not our armor. It's not our strength. It's his armor. It's his strength. We need it. We have to take the initiative uh, to put it on, but we need it because we are in a spiritual battle and we need this. I think uh, there's a lot of casualties that happen in the Christian life because so many of us are so carelessly walking through life without ever really thinking about the spiritual battle that is around us. Uh, Ephesians 6 here, Paul tells us that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we need this armor because we are in a spiritual battle. And we really need to ready ourselves with this armor of God. We have to put it on every single day. It's a daily decision of of putting it on uh, so that we can stand strong in the evil day, having done all that we could do. To stand. And so this second piece of armor here that uh, Paul's going to talk about is the breastplate of righteousness. And the breastplate uh, that Paul is referring to here, I mean, he's given this idea, these metaphors of, of like a Roman soldier uh, being girded with this armor. And the breastplate that a uh, soldier would have worn during that time, uh, it covered the soldier from his neck down to his waist. And uh, it covered him from front to back. And underneath the breastplate uh, is the heart, the lungs, and other organs necessary for life. I mean, if you take a stab wound to your heart, more than likely you're not going to survive. Um, If you get pierced in the liver, sorry, it's over for you, game over. So you have to be protected. And so the soldiers would wear a breastplate to protect them, to shield them uh, from any type of blows that would come from an enemy force. So if a soldier did not wear his breastplate, uh, he was vulnerable to an attack that could result in instant death. So why does Paul call it the breastplate of righteousness? Uh, If we do not protect ourselves with righteousness, I believe that we open ourselves up for an attack from the enemy and can fall into sin. So here's what I would like for you to take away with you today. Protect yourself by putting on the breastplate of righteousness so you can stand against the attacks of the enemy. Protect yourself 
by putting on the breastplate of righteousness so you can stand against the attacks of the enemy. So let's look at our verse here this morning, Ephesians 6, 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Soldiers during this time had several pieces of, these, of this protective armor that they would wear. And they would wear this because they knew they were going into battle. They knew that they had to ready themselves, arm themselves, because to walk out into battle without any armor at all, I mean, chances are you're not going to do too well. Um, even if you just only had a shield, that's, that's good. But the Bible just doesn't say just use a shield. It doesn't just say use a shield and a sword. He says, you need to also have this breastplate of righteousness because you're going to be under attack. So I want to talk a little bit here about the purpose of the breastplate. And here, Paul here is, is talking about it. And it's no wonder why Paul tells us to take up the whole armor of God, not just specific pieces. Um, the breastplate provided this protection against the unexpected and against the overwhelming numbers. You think with me about a soldier who might be waging war on the battlefield and he has his shield and as the swords are coming and maybe the, the arrows are coming, he's guarding himself. But then the, the enemy is just not right here in front of him. It might also be behind him. It might be on the side of him. And that breastplate, even though he might be guarding here, there might be some guy trying to get from the side or from the back, and it would protect him. And so this breastplate was very, very important piece of armor. A typical armed soldier wore a breastplate made of bronze or chain mail. It covered the vital organs, namely the heart. Now I have here, this is a modern breastplate. Everybody knows what this is, right? It's a bulletproof vest. Okay. Uh, Adrian, can I borrow you for a sec? Okay. Don't worry, we're not going to shoot you. It's okay. <laughs> can you put this on here? You just, uh, it's Velcroed here on the side. All right. Just slip it on there. There you go. You got it? That's good right there. That's fine. So bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you, right? So now the purpose of this, police, police officers wear these every single day in the line of duty. Now it would be foolish for a police officer knowing that he's going out in harm's way to go to a house to do a routine stop and not be wearing some type of protective armor, right? He needs it. And this is supposed to protect him. It's supposed to help him. I mean, it would be crazy to think if a police officer says, oh, it's okay, I got this all under control, I got my Glock, I'm okay. Well, what about the other protective pieces like this breastplate? Now, could somebody still hit him in the arm or hit him in the leg? Yeah. That may not be as fatal, but this is what it's protecting. It's protecting the vital parts of his body to make sure that he doesn't get hurt. 
And what's also interesting is you'll sometimes see a police officer and you may not see the breastplate because it might be wearing it under a shirt, but you know it's there. They're protecting themselves. They want to make sure that they're protecting themselves because it's important. All right, thanks. You can sit down. Thank you very much. So this purpose of this breastplate is to protect. It's supposed to help and shield them because the enemy is there and we have to protect ourselves. Last week, we focused here on here about this belt of truth, because look what he says here in Ephesians 6.14, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. The truth is really the foundation for all of the armor that Paul mentions here. And the breastplate that the soldier would wear was fitted with loops or buckles. And what was fastened to that that held up that breastplate was the truth. And isn't it interesting that when we fail to uphold truth in our life, that the breastplate is not going to have a firm, solid foundation to be able to protect ourselves. So we can really see how this truth holds everything together. And I believe that's why Paul put the breastplate and the truth together in this verse, standing therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on this breastplate of righteousness. So the purpose of this breastplate was it protected the heart and other vital organs. Do you know in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word heart is used to refer to the whole of the innermost part of man? And we're not just talking about the thing that's pumping blood. We're talking about the inner man, who you are, the individual, the soul, the seat of the emotions, your will, your volition, everything that you do as a human being. The biblical word heart is the inner aspect of a man. And so it has to deal with our minds, the decisions we make, the decisions that we don't make. It has to deal with our will where the decision-making process takes place. This is why scripture reveals to us that our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. That's why we have to guard it. That's why we can't just use the phrases of saying, well, I'm just going to follow my heart. That is bad, wicked advice. Don't do it because your heart is deceitful and wicked and you have to guard it. Jeremiah 17 says, uh, talks about that our heart is desperately wicked, but our heart is also connected with thinking. It says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a person thinketh in his heart, so is he. There's a lot of scripture about the heart, and I encourage you to maybe take some time and do your own individual Bible study and look up that word heart. See how it's all connected with, with the inner man and how we are supposed to be guarding it and how, how we are supposed to take note of it. So this breastplate of righteousness protects the believer's mind, will, emotions, areas where Satan, I find in my own life, areas where Satan attacks. As Proverbs 4.23 states, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. You have to protect it. 
Adam Clark's commentary says this about the breastplate of righteousness. It says, as the breastplate defends the heart and lungs and all those vital functionaries that are contained in what is called the region of the thorax, so this righteousness defends everything on which the man's spiritual existence depends. Your very spiritual existence depends on you keeping on the breastplate of righteousness. Because I don't want to be another statistic. I don't want to be somebody who has made shipwreck of their faith. We have to guard it. We have to protect. The point is you need protection. You have to protect your heart because the attacks of the enemy are real. I don't know about you, but do you ever find yourself driving down the road and all of a sudden some wicked, evil thought just pops in your mind, into your heart? Where did that come from? It comes from Satan. We have to protect it. We have to, as what the word says, casting down those imaginations, everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of Christ. We cast them down. We protect ourselves. So if it's left unprotected, we open ourselves up to an attack from the enemy and can fall into sin. Let me show you a second thing about this. Stand firm with righteousness. The key to standing against the attacks of the enemy is through righteousness. That's what he's saying here. Put on righteousness. Put on this breastplate that is going to protect you. And this breastplate is righteousness. In order for us to understand this, we must define really what righteousness is. So what is righteousness? There's a lot of different opinions as to what righteousness is, as the, what Paul is referring to here is putting on this breastplate of righteousness. Is he talking about being clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ? If you are a believer in Jesus, you've believed in Christ, you've trusted in Christ, you've been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Is that what he's talking about? Or is he talking about the idea that we are supposed to be living a righteous type of life? If you are a believer, then you're supposed to be doing righteous things, righteous deeds. I believe it's both. I believe it's being clothed with Christ, and I believe it's living a righteous type of life. Paul uses righteousness in Ephesians uh, 4.24 here. And he says this, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Um, he uses here in Ephesians 5, 9 also, he says this, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. So I believe that it's both. It's being clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And I believe it's also living a righteous type of lifestyle. Let me give you a good theological definition as to what righteousness is. Righteousness is that attribute by which God's nature is seen to be the eternally perfect standard of what is right. For us to be righteous is to be without guilt our moral culpability before God. It also means to conform to God's standard of holiness, to his moral commandments, 
It is to be pure, just as Jesus is pure. 1 John 3, 3. It involves not just our outward behavior, but also being pure in our thoughts and our attitudes, the inner man. So we again are dealing with the very heart of man. We must be righteous. We must put on righteousness. So this breastplate is to protect our heart. We need it to thoroughly deal with our hearts, which are wicked. Listen to what Matthew 5, 27 through 28 says. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to desire her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So God is dealing with the heart of man. Mark 7, 20 through 23, he said, what comes out of a person defiles him, for from within, out of the human heart, come evil ideas, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, evil deceit, debauchery, envy, slander, pride, and folly. All these evils come from within and defile a person. Psalm 51, 6, 10, and verses 16 through 17 says, Look you, desire integrity in the inner man. You want me to possess wisdom. Create for me a pure heart, O God. Renew a resolute spirit within me. Certainly you do not want a sacrifice, or else I would offer it. You do not desire a burnt sacrifice. The sacrifices God desires are a humble spirit. O God, a humble and repentant heart you will not reject. So it is our heart that God is trying to get at here. He's trying to say, it is so important that you protect and guard your heart with righteousness because the wicked, evil forces are going to do whatever it takes to destroy you. You must be on guard. You must use righteousness to protect yourself. So how do we do that? If we know that we've believed in Christ, there came a time when you've repented of your sin and you've trusted Jesus as a sole faith of, of, of Christ. You've trust, put your faith and trust in Him and Him alone. And you've received the righteousness of Christ. And God commands us to be living righteous type of life. How do we actually practically put on righteousness? Because yes, I'm a believer. Yes, I have, I've been clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And I think this is where, where we fail to realize this is when we become a Christian and we become a follower of Jesus Christ, that does not make our sin any better. It's not like before we were saved, our sin was really, really bad. And now that after we've been saved, our sin is like, well, it's not as bad it was as it used to be because I'm clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's still sin, it's still evil, it's still wickedness, and it's still against God. So what do we have to do? We have to protect, we have to guard, we have to make sure that we're not falling into those sinful patterns of sin. So we have to put on the righteousness. How do we do that? How do we make that very practical? So here's number three, how to put on righteousness. As we wear Christ's breastplate of righteousness, I believe we begin to develop a purity of heart that translates into our actions and habits. When is a door not a door? 
when it's a jar, when it's something different, right? So if we are a follower of Jesus, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, the word reveals to you how you are supposed to live. He says, you have been clothed with the righteousness of Christ. Live this way. Actually, practically live this way. And as your love for Christ increases and grows more and more, it should change your thoughts and it should change your actions. It's changing those habits from one degree to one degree. It takes time for fruit to grow. It doesn't happen overnight. And I want to encourage you, if you're a believer, and maybe you've come to know Christ, or maybe, maybe uh, there's, been a, there's been some process, it seems like there hasn't really been much fruit in your life. God is working. And if you continue to allow God to work, and you continue to allow God to change you on the inside, you will start to see the fruit. But it takes time. So as our lives become conformed to the image of Christ, our choices become more righteous. And it is these godly, biblical choices that protect us from further temptation and deception. So how do we put it on the breastplate? Here's two things. Number one, put on the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are justified, you've been declared righteous once and for all at the moment of salvation. It's not that you have to ask for God's righteousness again and again and again and again and again. Okay? You've been declared righteous. It's done. Case dismissed. That's what God said. I just woke some of you up. I know I did. But God has declared you righteous. It's done. It's over with. Paul made this strong, astounding statement in 2 Corinthians 5.21. He says, "Who, speaking of Christ, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He wrote in Romans uh, 4, 5, But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Philippians 3, 9, And be found in him, not because I have my own righteousness derived from the law, meaning I've done all the law type things, and therefore I gained righteousness with God. But he says, but because I have the righteousness that comes by a way of Christ's faithfulness, a righteousness from God that is in fact based on Christ's faithfulness. So the glorious truth is that we stand as believers before God clothed with the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ that is our only hope for eternal life. But you know what Satan does? You're driving down the road. Somebody cut you off. You get angry. The kids are doing whatever. We get angry. Something happens. We get angry. We lie. We do, do all these types of sinful types of behavior. And Satan comes and he says, guess what? Look what you just did. And you call yourself a Christian. Boy, that makes us feel terrible, doesn't it? We know that we've sinned. 
But you know what we do? We go right back to the bedrock of the gospel. I have believed in Christ. There is no condemnation in Christ. I have been set free in Christ. Yes, Satan, I have messed up. But 1 John 1, 9 says, If I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And that's putting on the breastplate of righteousness. But here's a second one. Put on the practical righteousness of an obedient life. Psalm 119, 172 says, May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. We can put on this breastplate by obeying God in our lives. As Paul explained in Ephesians 4.24 that this new man that has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So as new creatures in Christ, we are to, as what Ephesians 5.8.9 say, we are to walk as children of light. Because the, because the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Can I help you very practically? As a believer, if you want to practically be putting on righteousness every single day of your life, that means that you are finding out what God says in his word. You're taking it at face value. You're saying, this is what God says. This is what he says that I'm supposed to do. And this is how I'm supposed to live. And you start living that way. That's righteousness. That's putting it on practically every single day of your life. When you decide to say, you know what? The imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ is enough, and I really don't have to put these things on practically every single day. You're like the policeman that's walking out the door without actually fully being clothed or fully being dressed to go into battle. It's so important that practically every single day we put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We remind ourselves of the gospel. We remind ourselves who we are in Christ, that we've been saved, that we've been forgiven, and that practically we live as we are. If you are a believer in Christ, live that way. If you are light, be light. Live that way, practically. Live as children, as God's children in this world, as new creatures in Christ. And I think that'll be very helpful to you if you live that way. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what your word says and what it speaks. And Lord, your word does speak. It still speaks today. We don't have to worry about whether or not um, if your word's true, because it is true. We don't have to worry if, if uh, we don't think that we can understand it, because God, you, you have given us your word and you speak very plainly to us. And Lord, all we have to do is actually believe it. We have to believe it, we have to live it out. And so I pray that we will, as believers, actually live your word practically in our life. And Lord, I pray for the believers in here that may have been under attack recently 
or maybe they're very weary from the battle that they've been uh, faced with. Maybe it might be some things at work or at home or uh, family-type situations. And Lord, I pray that they would go back to the camp. They would take note of whether or not they're really putting on the armor of God, standing in truth, standing in righteousness, and if not, Lord, that they would actually put on these pieces and stand. And uh, Lord, I pray for the ones that have some, some, some battle wounds that, uh, God, I pray that they would just get back on their gear and go back out for a fight. But we do thank you that you are the captain of our salvation, that one day you are going to return and you are going to silence all of the enemies forever. You're going to cast all of them into the lake of fire and that will be the end all of the enemies of you will be placed under your feet and Lord, we thank you so much that you are in control of everything thank you so much for providing us with the armor the breastplate and I pray Lord that we would actually use it and we ask all this in the name of Christ Amen If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.